Hi everyone, I'm Jamie Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. And I'm Derek Webaster. And this is Scream Bloody Movies, the podcast where we review a new horror movie each week and go over the horror news and we talk about each other's spouses. <laughs> I mean, that's true. How are you guys doing today? Good. Uh, I'm pretty good. Good? Are you, are you really the class of 2006, Derek? No, it's my wife's mug. <laughs> I think you were a couple of years before that, yeah? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I was a four years behind her. Me too. I was two years um, ahead of her. We're old, old men. <laughs> old, old men. All right, guys. So let's get into the horror news today. Um, there's actually a decent amount of stuff. Some of it inconsequential, some of it not. Uh, this is horror adjacent, uh, but the new Venom movie uh, mm. that comes out this October comes out the exact same day as Halloween uh, Kills, by the way, um, which means that I will be seeing Venom another day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, would have figured that they would have, you know, probably got the schedule for the other... Um, people and uh, offset those, but hey. Yeah. Uh, so, the big news with Venom is that it's got a rating. And you guys, uh, Total Carnage here, Let There Be Carnage, it is rated PG-13. How do you guys feel about this? Sounds lame. Yeah. I mean, the first Venom was PG-13 as well, wasn't it? Pretty sure it was. Yeah, I think it was. That's why I didn't but, watch it. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I only watch R-rated movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean it's. I mean it is a superhero movie. They want to gross as much as possible. I understand that, but if they're leaning into the horror element like they're supposed to be, like they say they are, it's kind of weird that it's a PG-13. It's a PG-13 for intense sequences of violence and action. Some strong language, disturbing material, and suggestive references. Mm. Yeah, they should have taken that envelope a little bit farther. Yeah, probably. I mean, we know that R-rated superhero movies work. Deadpool yep. is a case in point that it, you know, they make a lot of money. Oh, Logan. Logan was also R-rated and made a lot of money and was very yep. well received. I mean, we don't necessarily need an R-rated Spider-Man movie, obviously, but this, yeah. we probably could have slid there. Um, yeah, I so mean, I would uh, I would also expect uh, that the um, Morbius movie mm. I would have leaned in that direction as well. But mm. I'm hope, who am I? Who knows? I mean, you would you would think? I mean, Marvel's Blade movies definitely going to be rated R, right? I mean, it has to be. Uh, yeah, I think the other Blade movies were correct. All, all the original Blade movies were R-rated movies. Yeah, but yeah. Like, like if you uh, go against the grain on something like that, you just... I don't know, man. I'm afraid they're going to marvelize it. Afraid they're going to marvelize it. It's unfortunate. All right, guys. So this has just been announced. Uh, Joe Bob's Halloween Hoedown Special is coming to Shutter in October. October 10th. Um, Hoedown? Yes, Halloween Hoedown is what it's called. I don't think we have a list of movies yet. Um... But we know that we're getting uh, 
some more Joe Bob, which hadn't been announced yet. I mean, we figured, I figured, because they're very, it's very popular. But um, yeah, so that's news. Are you guys excited about that? Mm-hmm. With a uh, with a theme like that, if they don't have zombie strippers, I'm gonna be really disappointed. <laughs> I think you just look for any excuse to have zombie strippers. Hey, you know. <laughs> So, guys, I don't know if you've heard this news, but this is interesting. Apparently, um, there is a reboot of the Paranormal Activity series coming. A reboot? A reboot of the Paranormal Activity. So it says here, um, one that has been described as rebooting and an unexpected retooling of the franchise. A new paranormal activity from Paramount players should bring fans an unexpected reimagining of the beloved horror, beloved, beloved horror franchise. We'll also be launching a documentary on the making of paranormal activity, both of which will be coming to the service in time for Halloween. So this looks like it's coming to Paramount Plus um, in time for Halloween, which I guess tracks it doesn't take very long to make a paranormal activity movie, yeah? I mean, as far as production, value yeah. production, I mean, the actual shooting shouldn't take very long, I wouldn't imagine. Yeah. You, you just kind of point the camera at scary stuff. <laughs> what are you guys' thoughts on this? What are you guys' thoughts on paranormal activity in general, and then this idea of rebooting it? Let's start with you, Lydia. Okay. Um, I like paranormal activity, I was like at the perfect age when it came out and the first one terrified me <laughs> like, and I just kept watching them and I think they're you know a lot of people are really harsh on those movies I think they're pretty entertaining I love seeing ghost stuff happen so like that's probably why they why I like them so much ghost effects in movies are just cool but um, I would really be interested to see the documentary about how they made some of them. Um, I don't yeah, know about uh, rebooting it. I don't know how I feel yeah, about that. Do you think it needs rebooted? I mean, I guess kind of. I mean, they've been on a while. I don't know. But um, so, Derek, about Paranormal Activity, what um, what are your thoughts on it? And what do you think of a reboot? I, I don't know that I would have classified it a reboot. I feel like, uh, you know, you could come out with a new one and just have it styled uh, either the old way or in a different way. If I remember correctly, and I didn't watch all of them, they kind of went more towards the, like, motion picture aspect as opposed to, like, a found footage aspect. I could be wrong on that, but... They, they, stu- like- they stuck with the found footage. Um, oh, they? Okay. they did stick with the found footage. Um, what they did is, as a, as the movies went along, they started to get convoluted for sure because they started being mythos. You know, they started adding to the mythos and what have you, which is it's fine. But um, like they did, like the one that took place in you know in the eighties when the girls were younger and what have you. So I guess we won't get a finish of that story. We won't get an ending to that story with. Mm-hmm. Uh, that her character and everything, um, but I mean, you know, I mean, I guess if you're gonna, why not reboot it? That's fine. I, um, it's not like it's a, 
mythos that's, you know, like, deep, rich lore, you know. Like, when they... It's not like you're rebooting, uh, you know, Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street where you have 30 years of stuff. It's literally just this last decade. Um, I really enjoyed the first Paranormal Activity movie a lot. Yeah. I went to the movies and saw it and thought it was pretty pretty scary. Yes. I I remember... Uh, yeah, my, my wife. She did not like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, she was scared, really scared. Yeah. It was a good, it was an intense movie. And then, yeah. you know, she was like, "Settling close." Yeah, it's a good one. I went and saw, we I went and saw that with my parents actually. Mom, my mom and dad just invited me to the movies. Said, "Hey, do you want to go see Paranormal Activity?" I was like, uh, "Yeah, sure." And after it was over, I I was like, "So what'd you think of that?" That was pretty scary, man. Yeah, I know, <laughs> pretty scary. <laughs> I remember I was I went home and I was in my room and I could like hear little creaks and I was like what if it's that that demon you know who knows <laughs> what is that fucking thing just popping in there so uh, on a, an adjacent uh, topic have you, did you ever watch Grave Encounters no so it's it was uh, what was the um, the like uh, show on uh, sci-fi where oh it's like Ghost Hunters and yeah. It was like yeah. that, yeah. Two um, different things. Along that, like, line. <laughs> Don't get me started. But, uh, no, they are two different things. Movie? Ghost Hunters is, you know, hunting ghosts. Uh, ghost Adventures is that, that Zach dude with spiked hair going, <laughs> there's yeah. a ghost in here. Yeah. Fucking Zach Baggins. One day you'll have to watch that. It was, I thought it was pretty good. Interesting. Could be alone on that one. How do you yeah. feel about Zach Baggins, Lydia? <laughs> That's how I feel about Zach Baggins. This should be just a meme. Zach Baggins, thumbs down. <laughs> we'll create it. We'll create it. Oh. So yeah, par- paranormal activity. Uh, you know, new one coming out. Apparently by time of Halloween this year. So that's news to me. All right. <laughs> I'm so, just gonna this keep is interesting. rating things as we go. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so this is interesting. Um, I told you guys earlier about the uh, about the Shout, Shout Factory release of the of the Halloween movies on 4K, um, and that they were going to have new stuff for Halloween, you know, three, four, and five, as well as the original two. Um, they found. I don't know if you know this, but. Halloween 5's opening was a reshoot. So the opening that we have of Halloween 5 where he like crawls from the creek and like that hermit like brings him into his house and he like nurses him like back to health for a whole year <laughs> and then he comes back and he just kills the hermit. That's all reshot. The original opening was uh, containing this character called Dr. Death and it was he basically is an occultist. And um, he basically he sees Michael Myers, and he's the one that. So you know the whole thorn on him, that tattoo that became like the basis for the next two films or for the next film, the the thorn thing. Mm-hmm. Doctor Death actually draws it on him, so that's why Michael Myers has it. He's not just randomly has it in this movie. So there's a whole different opening with this twenty-something-year-old cultist. Um, Writing the thorn on a symbol and then, like, uh, basically bringing him back, essentially. 
and helping him nurse back to health, that opening's been found. So on the new Scout Factory release, we're going to finally get to see that after, well, almost 30 years. Wow. So that's pretty, well, it is 30 years. 1989 is when that movie came out. So 30, 30 plus years. And you said uh, Dr. Death, is that what you said? Dr. Death. So it, would he have been related to the uh, guy who shot up the, uh, the sheriff's office, sheriff's department? No, he gets killed in the opening. But that so that character, the Men in Black, who we find out in in Halloween Six is randomly Doctor Lynn. They didn't know who that character was. They just wrote it into the script. They're like, uh, "This guy appears, and then he does this, and this this thing happens." Uh, they were leaving it for the next filmmaker to figure out. Their plan was they thought it was like either Michael. They thought it was Michael Myers' twin brother. Which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Might as well have made him Siamese twins. Yes. Yeah, Didn't see him attached to his hip the whole time. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. So there's a lot of problems with Halloween Five. It's not very good, but it'll be interesting to see that in, uh, opening. I always think it's cool when we see the alternate stuff that was on the cutting room floor, especially since that's what the filmmakers originally intended. And then lastly, this is cool. Did you guys know that they're making a new Salem's Lot? Ooh. No. Didn't know that. Yes. So there's a new uh, Stephen King adaption uh, by New Line Cinema of Salem's Lot. And they tapped Lewis Pullman to star. You guys want to see what Lewis looks like? Yes, please. Let's do it. Here's Lewis. Here's Lewis Pullman to star. To star as the, like, not the, I'm sorry, I just got thrown off by the No, no, Lewis Pullman, Lewis Pullman is Bill Pullman's son, and he'll star as Ben Mears. Okay. He takes the lead. Okay. Can you see, uh, you kind of, you can see a little bit of Bill Pullman. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. All you need to do is uh, reboot uh, Independence Day. And- oh, my throw gosh. Throw in there. Uh, he's he will next be seen in uh, Top Gun Maverick. He's also uh, the one uh, one of the lead characters in Bad Times at the El Royale. If you guys have seen that, it's really good. Um, but Salem's Lot reboot is uh, going to be written and directed by Gary uh, Dauberman here, and it's supposed to be out November nineteenth. Oh wait, no, that's a uh, Top Gun. <laughs> Doesn't look like it has a release date yet. <laughs> I was like, that's Top Gun. <laughs> Top Gun isn't even coming out then now, guys. It, it got uh, pushed. Um, but, so there's a new Salem's Lot. What are you guys' thoughts on a new Salem's Lot? I'm, I'm ready for that. I, I remember um, I have this weird experience with Salem's Lot. I never read the book or anything. And as a, you know... I don't know, as like a teenager getting into horror movies, I was like, you know, looking through a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Salem's Lot, okay, I've heard of this. Let's let's try to watch this. So I take it home, like, late at night. I'm watching it. It's like the most boring movie to me. <laughs> and I'm just like half falling asleep watching this movie on like this tiny little like portable DVD player right next to my face. And <laughs> the jump scare when you see the vampire 
<laughs> literally almost like almost gave me a heart attack i just like <laughs> i was like this movie is so slow and quiet and boring and then it's just like <laughs> scary vampire all of a sudden and i literally was like wide awake after that so if yeah. they can do that in this one i'll be ready for it <laughs> Derek, what are your thoughts on, on this and on Salem's Lot in general? So it's been so long since I've seen this movie, I literally forget most of what's in it. So I think that's a good indication that they should just go ahead and do this. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's been a while. The uh, miniseries... Uh, oh, yeah. The miniseries in the 70s was uh, directed by Toby Hooper. Um, so he was the director of that miniseries. And I remember watching it as a kid, and yes, it's very slow. But then, when it picks up, it picks up. And one of my one of the scenes that always scared me as a kid is when the vampire is floating outside the window and trying to get the other kid to open it. That shit's terrifying. This is so yeah. scary. That's such a scary scene. I remember being a kid and just being like... <laughs> <laughs> I could totally be wrong on this. Was there a vampire movie where they slept under water and their lungs were out of their mouth. Oh. Uh, it's definitely not this one. Well, definitely not this one, but I don't know why I just had a, like, random, uh... <laughs> I random don't remember thought. that. <laughs> Derek, after after watching tonight's movie, I realized Derek has seen some weird, scary movies. He's seen some <laughs> weird shit. Derek's seen some weird shit. Speaking of that segue, let's get into, uh... Our movie for tonight. Derek, you picked tonight's movie, and it is 1991's uh, Popcorn. Uh, I have never I had never seen this movie. Lydia has never seen this movie. Actually, I'll go a step further. Lydia and I have never heard <laughs> of this movie. Yes. I didn't know this movie's existence <laughs> was a thing, except for, like I told you earlier, except for I was scrolling through... Um, Synapse, which is a uh, boutique DVD Blu-ray retailer, and they they release boutique uh, horror movies, you know, like look, you know, lower budget ones and stuff. And I was looking through their catalog, and I saw Popcorn, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" It just kept scrolling through, didn't even know it was a thing. <laughs> and so after I watched this, I looked it up. I was like, "Holy crap, that's that movie that I was talking about." <laughs> So yeah, tonight's movie Popcorn is an interesting one, folks. You need to you need to get onto it. We'll 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 dig into this. Um, we have to loosen up because it's a it's a wild ride. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, also a disclaimer: this movie was really hard to find if you wanted to do a digital uh, download or a digital rental or just view it streaming. So just be advised; it's a little hard to find. We got it on YouTube. Uh, stream the entire movie, but the quality was really sketchy. And I would recommend buying the Synapse Blu-ray if you want to watch it. Uh, yeah, for sure. That way you pay, get those filmmakers paid. Yeah. Um, but this movie, you guys. <laughs> so, Derek, when did you watch this for the first time? And how many times did you watch it? <laughs> Dude, I saw this when I was a kid, man. Uh, I've, I've probably only seen it a handful of times, a couple of times, but I remember it, it was a DVD, or not a DVD, it was a VHS. Yeah, I, I, I imagine so. 
Yeah, I, I don't know where we got the VHS. Maybe we rented it. Um, but I remember watching this on VHS when I was a kid. Well, the version that we watched, I felt like we were watching it on VHS again. So... <laughs> it kind of worked. Yeah. So, this movie, uh, the, the plot of the movie is that um, we have a, a group of filmmaking students mm-hmm. that are throwing together a um, movie night, a horror movie night, to raise money, I guess, uh, for the class, and then whatever whatever money they have left, they can use to make their, their own experimental films. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's the basic plot, and also, at the same time, our lead is going through some, she's having some dreams and, and writing a movie about it, kind of. Mm-hmm. So uh, these character names, I'm. Did anybody write these character names down? Because I'm going to forget them. We pull it up. I didn't take any notes for this. I just watched this movie like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> so Maggie is our lead. So the movie yeah. opens with this um, weird, interesting, like dream sequence. Like we're just seeing shots. It's very. Uh, it's very videotaped from the ring. Is what it is. It's like it's you see, but worse. Yeah, you see some very weird avant-garde cuts. You see this Rasputin-looking dude, looks like the Mad Monk, and you see him raise a sword and and fire and all this stuff. And then you start to, you know, then you realize you're in a dream. She wakes up. Well, you know you're in a dream because she just keeps she just keeps awkwardly cut back to her going. Well, it, cuts back to, it cuts back she doesn't know that that's her but it keeps cutting back to a little girl and uh, she sees this head in the middle of the table yeah 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 but it yeah. keeps cutting back to our girl laying in bed Yeah. so we know it's a dream and she's just yeah. kind of writhing and then she wakes up and uh, after her wake up she goes downstairs and her mom is played by the great Dee Wallace interesting um i was shocked by that i didn't see that coming <laughs> i didn't either like i was watching it i was like is that d wallace you know what's she doing in here yeah her hair is so short too it is super short that's why i didn't recognize her at first mm-hmm. it took me literally through that first scene and i was like i think that's d wallace <laughs> i couldn't tell if i recognized anyone because the quality was so bad <laughs> yeah, that's, that's also true that's also true but um so she talks to her mom and well, she's like making breakfast and she's Maggie's on her recorder and she's like then Sarah walks to the wall and she does this and she's like why did you name your character Sarah I don't know mom that's just what the name came to me but th- this is going to be a great movie I'm thinking to myself this seems like a terrible movie there's like no plot <laughs> it's just like random fucking scenes <laughs> That's what I do sometimes. Sometimes I'll have a dream and wake up and be like, man, that would be a great movie, and I'll write it down, look at my notes later, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> How did Pillsbury Doughboy even get here? <laughs> yeah. So this opening scene, what do you guys think of this opening? How Did it set the tone of the movie well? Did you Were you engrossed in the mystery immediately? 
Um, there was a little foreshadowing in the very beginning because you saw like this uh, collage of like rubber masks. So uh, we'll get to that. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean the beginning of this movie is shot pretty poorly, like that. <laughs> It definitely looks like they were like. Kind of a running theme, to be fair. Let's let's take some uh, LSD or something and we'll slap some footage together and see what happens. That's what it kind of looked like. Derek says, "Ah, you shot kind of poorly." (laughs) (laughs) Metal news: water's wet. (laughs) I definitely think that it does pick up. Well, yeah, definitely. you know, part of it where it falls down. I will tell you this, uh, shortly after the opening scene, we uh, are introduced to her boyfriend. Uh, yes, so this scene is hilarious to me. This scene is hilarious to me. She walks onto campus. We're introduced to the college. She walks on the campus, and her boyfriend just goes up and smacks a kiss on her. Oh, yeah, it, like swallows her face. And then she's like, you know, he's like, hey, so you want to come over tonight? And she says, I can't right now. I have to concentrate on my film. <laughs> well, not only that, he's got like the worst like comeback. You know, I'm not going to wait forever. Well, he's like, true. Uh, he's, he he didn't. Mark is his didn't. name. Mark is the boy. Yeah. Yeah. The the boy Mark says, "I'm not going to wait around forever." And then she's like, "Huh?" I because, don't care. Because that's true love, you know. Nothing says true love like, "Hey, do you want to go out tonight?" No. Well, I'm going to find me a new date. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's all how committed you are. Yeah. You care more about your movie words than you care about me. (laughs) (laughs) So then we're introduced to the class. Um, Guys, this film class is fucking top notch. So we have Bud, who is in a wheelchair. We have Leon, who... I don't really know what his personality is. He plays the, the electric man. Uh, you have uh, you have Cheryl, who is Kelly Jo Mentor from uh, Nightmare Five and uh, Wes Craven's uh, People Under the Stairs. Came out the same year as this movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have Tony Roberts as Mister Davis, who's by far my favorite character in this whole movie. And then you have Toby. Um, so Toby is like the, um, he's like kind of the class pet, I guess, is what you'd say. I he comes would... up with this idea. So the thing with Toby is Derek, Derek made it, he thought he was a, what'd you think? Uh, he was a grad student, Derek? Yeah, I thought he was a graduate assistant. And uh, I mean, that tracks because he looks like he's 45. <laughs> so I, I just was like, I mean, it is the early 90s. That's what they do. They cast 40-year-olds as teenagers. I mean, Chris O'Donnell was Robin. <laughs> Why not? But um, Toby talks about this plan that he has. He tells Mr. Davis in the class, hey, we're going to do a, a B-movie festival. We're going to raise the money. And they, they have gimmicks like William Castle. One thing I really did appreciate about this movie is its homage to those fun 50s uh, and early 60s B-movies. That whole um, the William Castle school of filmmaking where every movie had to have a gimmick. So the movies are a mosquito movie, 
that uh, that is a 3D. Then there's a um, shocking a movie about a guy that gets electros and it has the seat shocking. And then uh, the final one is the stench, and they are going to pump stink into the uh, the place, smell o vision or whatever they call it. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think of this little aspect of the movie? I like that. I, I think that's a pretty cool time to kind of try to recreate that. I would go. I would go see yeah. that. Yeah. I think we should put one on. Well, we need to but. we need to figure that out. Yeah, I mean, I would love to after have, COVID, obviously. Right. Yeah, obviously. yeah. That does. That's the other thing I was going to say about this is that it definitely made me like, you know, kind of sad in that in that sense of like, yeah, I wish we yeah. could do this so bad, but we just can't. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I agree. There's uh, there's something to be said. I always wanted to go see like one of William Castle's gimmick movies, like The Tingler. Yes. I always wanted to see the Tingler in theaters because they had the seats rigged up to tingle when the Tingler was loose in the theater. Yeah. And I'm not so, gonna lie, when you say that, I my mind goes to a different place. With the Tingler. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you got to see the Tingler if you're not seeing it. It's a good Vincent Price movie. Oh my god! Um, so you don't want to see Vincent Price in that Tingler? Trust me. <laughs> oh man. So. Um, then basically, we get another like. Um, so what happens next is the mom can start getting phone calls, right? The mom starts getting phone calls, and well, she watches. Is the phone calls first? No, I there's think one phone the call. Theater. She watches the movie first. I thought. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But she gets a phone call earlier. The very first scene, okay. or she gets a phone call in yeah, that very first scene. Words, yeah, and she's just like, okay, hangs up on him. So then they go to the theater and they're introduced to Doctor M, <laughs> who basically who just has a bunch of props. He has a giant mosquito prop and he has all of these other things, so that way they can create their gimmick movie theater. Can you guys hear this? Can you guys hear that cicada? No. Okay. No. Sorry, just making sure. Nope. So, uh, Dr. M does his, his bit, and he's literally there for one scene. He comes in, he says, All of this stuff, blah, blah, here's all my things, and then he just leaves. And so, they find in the, in the bin a reel of film. It's like a small reel. And uh, they're like, oh, do you want to, let's check it out, see what it is. And it's literally her dream, that poorly shot, terrible, uh, avant-garde head on the table weird stuff she watches it everybody else is making fun of it which is to be honest probably what we would have done too yeah more likely (laughs) and then she passes out because she's getting uh realizing this is her dream she you know all of it's coming back and um when she wakes up you know they they start discussing it and there's this great exposition dump about it where mr davis by the way, Mr. Davis's hair is the best thing in this movie. It's like <laughs> he looks like like monkey, like he, like he, like a like an ape hair. Like it's just it's, it's so awesome. But Mr. Mr. Davis is like, oh yeah, I know what it is. It's um you know Gates. He did these uh, experimental films back in the day, and everybody yeah. left him off the screen. 
because they were terrible. He had a cult, right? That's yeah. what they said. He had basically a little film cult that Mr. Davis was a part of at one point and then saw his films and realized he was terrible and left. <laughs> He's like, yeah. He said, I was buying into his stuff until I saw his films. So I can imagine, he's like, he's like, oh yeah, this guy's where it's at. He knows the real deal. Then you watch, he's like, nope, never mind. <laughs> Drops the mic, come up. <laughs> Wait a minute. This isn't what I signed up for. But he said he was very stable and he was great. He was the best at what he does. <laughs> he told me that I should take horse medicine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so she's like really weirded out by this nobody everybody else is like this is stupid whatever um so then we get this great montage uh you guys what do you think of, first of all what do you think of the little film bit it's it's fine the little film bit what do you mean like them the replaying of it? Yeah. I mean, it was equally as bad as the dream sequence. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not great. We're like, no. we need another 30 seconds to kill. Let's, let's re-watch this classic art. Well, <laughs> so, we can, this, this, guys, this uh, montage scene, I literally was laughing out loud while I was watching. I was having such a good time. The montage with the reggae music playing? Yes, the montage with the oh, reggae wow, music yeah. playing. That was before they watched the film. Was it before the film? Yes. Okay. That's the best when they're setting up all of the stuff. I wanted more. Montage. I wanted more of that and throughout that, the rest of the movie. So oh, much fun. <laughs> so nineties. Yeah, it's so great. It's like playing this reggae music and you see him like doing like they're building all the sets and they're like trying on different wigs and just, just the posing up. of the shots where they're just like having a blast, like, eh, like doing all this weird, like yeah, with the wigs. And stuff. Mm-hmm. It was very like happy go lucky. Yeah, you know, yeah. Sure. It's like we wandered onto the set of Full House. It sums up the ninety, like nineteen ninety one in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, so that scene special, but it made me it made me laugh out loud. Very out of place for this movie. It is, but it's kind of not because the, the rest of the movie is just so bizarre that you're like, of course, there's going to be a reggae infused montage. <laughs> there's a couple, like, they kind of put some reggae music in this movie, don't they? There's a lot of reggae, and I found out why, too, actually. A uh, little bit of the trivia here. Um, it says that it's because they shot it in Kingston, Jamaica. So uh. they. I, so I don't know why they had to put reggae music in the first part, but the second part, the reason that there was a reggae band is because it was a local band from Jamaica. Well, that's awesome. But I yeah. guess the I don't know what they did at the first time. They're like, well, we better stick to one genre. <laughs> <laughs> we can't confuse the audience now. Maybe they was royalty free. They're like, oh, let's get away with this. It was. It was so good. Like that was probably my favorite part because after that that song was in my head like the beat and the all of it i was thinking of throughout the rest of the scenes of like the scary parts i was just like (laughs) 
just feeling that reggae song still. And then it just comes back and you're like, yes. <laughs> so then this, this is interesting. This is strange. The next, the next bit we get is uh, she goes home and um, her mom's acting really weird about when she mentions, hey, have you ever heard of, you know, um, Gates? And she's like, no, why? Oh. <laughs> and uh, so she gets, she goes to, uh, Maggie goes to bed and her mom gets a phone call and it's Gates' voice telling her that she needs to go to the, the theater. And this is the one scene in the movie that feels completely out of place to me. And I'll tell you why. So she goes to the theater. She walks up to the theater and she looks up at the marquee and all of the letters just fall off the marquee. And then the words possessor show up on it, which is the name of his little movie that he made. Because the plot is, we need to backtrack a little bit. The possessor was the short film that he showed that the ending was actually not shot because it was done live where he killed his entire family on stage and the theater burnt to the ground but they never found his body so that's our like that's our backstory which is a really neat and interesting origin story for a villain actually it's pretty effective and kind of a cool idea as I was watching I was like that's a neat idea I kind of like that then they go where they go with it so that's a whole other story but um she sees possessor on the screen and then she goes in and there's this little bit where she's hearing the voices she's trying to find him and then this mannequin comes to life and she shoots it down with her gun and then arms come from behind her out of the screen and pull her in and we cut what do you guys think of this scene so I'm with you. Uh, the only part that uh, I didn't like was the letters. Not even the letters popping off. Like, that could be a cool effect. I could see how you could get that uh, maybe to happen. But then when it just, like, appears on the top of the, uh, the theater, I thought that that was out of place. Yes. But, uh, the rest of it was, was pretty good, I thought. I thought there was some good suspense in it. And, uh, you know, slightly, slightly scary if you're drunk. <laughs> Lydia um, I thought she actually shot someone when the mannequin when it was just the mannequin because it was in shadow so you couldn't see who it was she thought it was the guy and was just like shooting willy nilly at that point mm-hmm. just out of fear which is super reckless um, yeah, and yeah, I was like was... she probably just killed somebody that she shouldn't have but it was just it was fine it was just fine yeah, I like the sequence itself, and the sequence itself is pretty decently crafted, and it gets good suspense. My problem with it is the, the beginning, like you said, where the letters fall off, and that's the only supernatural bit in this entire movie, is that mm-hmm. sequence. Yep. The rest of it, we have an actual flesh and blood killer, and we know what his purpose is and how he does everything. I mean, some of it doesn't make much sense, but we have explanations for it. This yeah. is just flat out, like, ghosts, you know? letters falling and the words appearing that's like supernatural so that bothered me a little bit it didn't at the time because I didn't know what the movie had in store but afterwards I was like that scene didn't make sense I I thought that immediately when I saw it I was like I don't know what it was about it but I was immediately like I don't like that <laughs> <laughs> oh now this you had said that this had two different directors right 
It does, yes. So after the first three weeks of filming this movie, uh, the original director, um, what's his name? I want to get these guys credited. The original director, uh, Alan Ormsby, was let go. And Mark Harrier, who is best known for uh, being in Porky's, playing Billy, he came in uh, and finished the movie. So, also, Jill, Sh- um, uh, Jill Sholin, who plays Maggie, is a replacement actor as well. It, the actress that originally played that character is the, the girl who plays Amy in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So for the first three weeks of filming, Amy played that role. And then when the director was let go, she was let go as well. Or she quit, one of the two. And then Jill Sean came in and ref- all that all the stuff with all of them together is all reshoots. So it's definitely a movie of two different directors probably pulling the different directions. That explains yeah. a lot. Mm. It does. I gotta tell you, probably my favorite scene in this entire movie happens at this point. So after What's that, he shoots the mannequin and the guy comes through the screen and uh, takes her out, guy girl. We don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Could be either. But then there's this shot of uh, they're like uh, panning in on this mannequin and there's a light going a, a green mm-hmm. light, you know what I'm talking about? Like, mostly, mm-hmm. like, you go in. That mannequin is creepy as hell. But, like, that shot is... I liked it a lot. I did, yes, too. Shot. I liked that it shot a lot, It did what too. it was supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah. Set the ambiance in yes. the atmosphere. It made yeah. you feel like like you were supposed to feel watching this movie. Like Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit uneasy, you know? Yeah. Which the rest of the movie does not do. <laughs> it's weird sure. to go from a scene that you're like, I immediately don't like this to a scene a few seconds later that, oh, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yeah, the work of two directors. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like uh, that is definitely intertwined throughout this movie. Because mm-hmm. there are scenes like, you know, I think some of the acting in this movie is, like, really pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then some of it you're like, probably, probably not so great, but, uh, but yeah, I think that's just the DNA of this movie. Thank so the next the next bit where uh, she wakes up in the morning and sees a note from her mom saying tonight's the big night and so we're there we're already there we're like 20 minutes 25 minutes in this movie we're already uh, at the movie theater so it's not like a whole third act thing it's a second and third act thing the majority of this movie takes place in this movie theater mm-hmm. we have Maggie running the booth as the ticket uh, the box office. She's running the box office. You have uh, Toby up in the projectionist booth. You have um, Mr. Uh, Davis in the back. You have Bud controlling like the some of the machines and stuff. And then you have all the rest of them like doing popcorn that sort of thing. So while Maggie's taking her uh, taking the tickets, Mark. Her cool boyfriend walks up with another girl. Mm-mm. Yep. And you know, she's like, he like goes in. Oh, oh, hi. And she just kind of gives him the tickets, and you know, he uh, his reaction is like, Maggie, wait, like, like, what are you gonna explain, dude? Like, you know, that was another girl. This is my cousin just, from out of town. 
<laughs> no, yeah, she should have dropped him right then and there. Which I feel like she kind of was like, yeah. But, like, yeah, their relationship is pretty weird because she does seem to like him, but she's just like, doesn't have time for him. Yeah, and which she kind of says at yeah. the beginning, you yeah. know, I have to work on my movie, no offense, but I don't have time for this. So, um, she... She, so that happens, and then another person comes up and gives her, or buys a ticket and calls her Sarah. And she thinks it's she thinks it's our our guy, uh, Mr. Gates. And she's like, "Oh no!" So she's she's looking around for him. She goes up and tells Toby about it, and he's like, "What the hell are you talking about? You know, I'll go downstairs and check it out." So he goes downstairs and gets locked out of the the theater. And then um, Mark comes in and uh, she, like, he, he comes in and scares her. Like, first of all, he tracks her down to the projectionist booth because he leaves his girlfriend. He's like, I'm going to go get a drink. Leaves his projectionist booth and, like, scares her like a jerk. And then, um, you know, like, just so weird. They're really, you're right. The relationship is really weird. He scares <laughs> him. She's kind of like, Mark, not now. This guy's trying to get me. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? What are you trying to pull? Yeah. Uh, is Mark uh, uh, the guy from all of the uh, Adam Sandler movies? It looks like him a little bit, doesn't it? It does. Let me look him up. Hey, I'm looking yeah, him up right now. I haven't pulled up already. Wait, what? Which guy? It, it's not, Derek. Ah, man. It looked like him, though. Mark, he he kind of looks like uh, one of Sandler's buddies. I know who you're talking about. the One of the lawyers in Big Daddy. Or uh, the uh, quarterback from uh, The Waterboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is actually Derek Rydell. This I would have known. Movie. I feel like I would have known. Like, I'm good with faces like that. I mean, I can tell you why it was his last movie. <laughs> yeah, uh... He's a writer as well. Uh, Okay, yeah, he's an actor. This was his last one. Yeah, 1991's Popcorn was his last movie. Um, So, basically, we get just a bunch of scenes from this point on showing the movies. We get to see, we see clips of these B-movies. What do you guys think of the the clips of these B-movies? Like, first we see Mosquito. I love it. They're so fun. They're so fun, yeah. No, yeah, I'm agreeing with you completely. They're really fun to just see. Like, those aren't real movies, are they? No, they were shot by the first director. Um, no. The first director directed all of the all of the, the movies within the movie. Uh, Alan Ormsby. So, yeah, he directed all of the movies within the movie. That, and, but he did such a great job yeah. of capturing that time period. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. And the perfect. dialogue in it is definitely made me laugh along with the audience that was watching yeah. it yeah the uh there's a so at the end of that movie at the end of the first one mosquito mm-hmm. is when their first big gag happens and they yeah. pull out the mosquito and have it fly across the audience in like a 100 percent william Castleway. i mean at, in house on haunted hill in the third act he has a he had a skeleton dangle from the ceiling and swoop down at the audience. So this is a real thing that would happen. Um, this, of course, is a giant mosquito who, of course, has like the sharpest point possible for its stinger. 
and Mr. Davis is controlling it, and then we see a figure appear above him with a remote control that it looks like he stole from uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, it's like that, it's like the remote control that the kid uses to mow the lawn. <laughs> he flips it open and somehow controls this mosquito and makes it go crazy and come back down onto its line and impale Mr. Bray, or uh, Mr. whatever his name is, the teacher, Mr. Davis. Yeah. Mr. Davis is, is dead at that point. He gets dragged off. Um, so that's our first kill of the movie. What do you guys think of this first kill? It's pretty good. I actually liked it. I thought it was... Yeah. I've never seen anybody killed by a giant uh, mosquito prop yeah. before. Very creative. I, so, yeah. Like, Ooh. I agree. I would agree with the creativity part as well until the final act of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to circle back. Yeah, so I was like... Really? All right, whatever. So, um, so that's our first kill. <laughs> Meantime, while all of this is going on, like she's still trying to. Toby comes back and is like, "Hey, uh, I was locked outside. I don't know, you know, what nice prank. I don't see anything. Now I've got to change the reel." And um, we get a, a, basically her trying to figure out who this guy is through this whole bit. Yeah. The, our Mark goes back to his his date, who is by this point hooked up with another dude that just leaves his seat in the middle of watching it, walks over and sits beside her. Then the next thing you know, they're like, first off, there is no way that guy just randomly walks up and like gets that girl. No way in the world. Anyway, I, they're like, hey, I think she was, you're an extra. Get over here. We need you. Yeah, I think she was, like, just using him to get back at the guy. Oh, 100%. 100%. But it's so funny that this guy is just like, it wasn't like she coaxed him, like, hey, you want to come over here? He's just, like, sitting there, realizes that her seat's empty, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> Comes over and sits beside her. So then Mark gets punched out by this big dude, because this dude towers over him. It's very big. Yeah. Punches him in the nose. Uh, you know, he has to be reawakened and everything. And um, then he gets the door slammed into his face by uh, Maggie when she opens the door to the to the ticket booth. He gets the shit beat out of this whole movie. Um, yeah. So then we get our next kill. One of the students, Tina, I do believe, uh, goes to the back. She's like, hey, have you seen uh, the teacher and uh, Mr. Davis? And he's like, yeah, he's in the back, but the, the dude, dude controlling the seats. He's like, yeah, he's in the back. So Tina goes to the back, and we find out that Mr. Davis and Tina have been having an affair this whole time. Mm-hmm. And we see Mr. Davis, and we see a shot before we see Mr. Davis of the, of the, the skin masks again, of like the rubber masks, and like this machine that punches him. <laughs> And so the killer has now taken over the face of Mr. Davis. By the way, he also can sound exactly like them all. He has this ability to sound exactly like all of them. So he's wearing his rubber mask face. He's got sunglasses on to hide his eyes. She comes up and starts flirting with him. And then he ends up strangling her with a rope 
that she puts around both their necks. Thoughts on this kill? She, like, goes up and kisses him, right? And his yeah. face sticks to her face. Melts off. Yeah. Great effect. Yeah. Really creepy. Really, really creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's, like, one of my favorite visuals from this movie is the scene. Because you see well, it, like, yeah. it pulls yeah. off. And at first, you're kind of like, is it melting her face? What's going on? And you realize it's just melting off of his. So cool. I don't know if it makes sense at all, but... No, I don't think it does either. But it looks cool. (laughs) When she is, like, approaching him, you can kind of see where the mask is wrinkled. Yeah, and he's trying to fix it, like, tuck it in. And so he's kind of... mid... Yeah. Like, uh, mid-applying the mask. So then, uh... Maggie goes back there, um... With another... One of the other... Is it with Mark? I think it's with Mark, right? Yeah. They go, they go back to backstage to talk to Mr. Davis, and they run into Tina, who, of course, is dead. So she's in the... The killer's in the shadows, controlling her like a puppet. Yeah, and he, fine. like... And, yeah. And he's like, shh, now be quiet, blah, blah, blah. And it's very creepy. What do you guys think of this bit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. I really, really like that. Because it's just, like, so creepy. And you start to get glimpses of the killer's face. Can't quite see it. You see, like, he's bald and he's, bald and he's you know, gross looking. Yeah. I mean, and if you're thinking about this from, like, an actual, like, hey, this, this happened. It's great ingenuity on his behalf. Like, hey, again, I'm going to see if I can play this off as <laughs> this dead doll. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And back. so he throws her after he's done, too. Just tosses yeah. her down. She's like, her head is, like, yeah, one of those. Probably. Like, <laughs> And he's just like pointing, <laughs> doing weird stuff. Yeah, that's always fun to see in a movie. So the next, the next big scene we have is uh, the the new movie playing is like this Electro Man movie, where this killer. I love the way this movie is shot. By the way, it's like shot in total German expressionism. So you have all the like dark, deep shadows and the, the dark highlights of his eyes, and it's over the top. Perfect German expressionism. Yep. And I love the design of the Electro Man. Like, he looks really creepy and really cool. I was almost like, kind of, probably should have made an Electro Man movie. <laughs> the plot is kind of ripped off from Wes Craven's uh, Shocker, which we'll get to eventually, yep. of this B movie. But it's uh, fun, fun stuff. So, the gimmick to this one is that whenever Electro Guy starts electrocuting people, our, our guy Bud has different seats hooked up to electrodes that he shocks. And it gives the... By the way, the shocks that these seats give are way dangerous. It's not like a little... It's a like flat-out spark shooting out of the seat. It's yeah. crazy. Like fireworks. Yeah! Nuts! <laughs> I'm sure but, back in the day they were a little more risque with their... Uh, uh, I don't think so. That's a little bit of movie lawsuits. <laughs> so, um, the killer dresses up as Tina and comes to visit um, Bud, who's in there controlling the thing, and she ends up tying him to his chair and then hooking up the electrodes to his wheelchair. She gags him, 
puts a thing over his mouth and then says, so here's the way it goes. Plays a recording of the mad monk guy and says, here's the way it goes. Kind of like proto-jigsaw almost. Once this light lights, then you'll be done. Is it worth staying alive? The song music plays. Uh, but <laughs> but he starts, he tells him basically, once it, this light lights, you're going to be electrocuted. All of it's going to come to you. So we get this great moment of suspense where we're watching the, the cheesy movie on screen. The audience is reacting to it. There's little shock, shock, shocks. And he's tied to the chair and he's reaching for the plug to try to get it out as this is going on. And then he doesn't reach it in time and gets electrocuted to death. What do you guys think of this whole sequence? Very suspenseful. And I like how they tied it into the, you know, uh, like what's going on in the movie itself and also with the uh, uh, the audience. So I, I like how they incorporated all those, those factors. I thought it was fun. Lydia? Um, I really liked what was going on with the movie scenes where the, where he's going. That's when he's going to death row, right? He's, he's well, been in death row. Is that... It's after his death row. Oh, okay. when, when this bit happens, it's when he... It's at the end of the movie. After he's electrocuted a bunch of other people. And he's walking up to the woman he loves. And she's trying to get him to step on that live wire. She betrayed him. Yeah. No good. But what's really funny about the actual movie is... There's some really funny lines in there. And he says... Um, Hey, would you talk? Uh, will you talk to? Will you say hi to my mom when you go to heaven? I'm not going to heaven, Charlie, but I'll be yeah. sure to say hi to your dad. Yeah, <laughs> those lines were great. I would watch that movie for sure. Yeah, when he's yeah. walking uh, to the uh, to the chair. To the chair, mm-hmm. they're like, whatever you yeah. do, whatever they tell you, don't sit down. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I would have, I would have loved to have watched that movie. That would have been a good one. So Bud's dead, and I think it's a pretty fun scene too. I like the suspense of it. I like how he's reaching for it, and he—you almost think he's going to get it, and then he doesn't, and it's—it's it's yeah. pretty good, pretty good stuff. Uh, cheesy and nonsensical, but fun. Um, so then, <laughs> Mark gets into a fight with uh, the like. So basically, she's hanging out with Toby. She goes and finds Toby and says, "Hey, he recorded on my recorder." Uh, the room is busted. You know, Bud's gone. I think he killed them. Toby, come and help me. And Toby's like, okay, let's go down here. And he, and they're standing in the dark talking, and the new girlfriend sees them together. Mm-hmm. And then um, Toby and her go downstairs, venture downstairs. And Toby falls down the stairs. She goes after him with the flashlight, and she sees Mr. Davis, and she sees Tina. And then she finally sees the killer. Who we find out is Toby. Toby is actually the killer in the movie. Um, And we find out his backstory, which is that he was in the audience that night watching that movie when his aunt shoots the the uh, gates. Not his aunt. Her, her aunt. Her aunt shoots the gates. Yeah. 
which causes the place to catch fire. Her mom, yeah. Yeah. So who she thought was her mom is actually her aunt, raised her as, a, as her daughter. And it caught the theater on fire. They escaped, but he burnt. His mom died. He's like a burnt crisp of a man who looks like this. And then, um, basically, he wants revenge on her. Is his motivation. What do you guys think of this this reveal and his motivation? I do. You want to go ahead, Derek? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I kind of already knew what the reveal was going to be, but uh, so the motivation I feel like isn't uh, really thought through very well. Like, I don't know how you project that blame onto a child who almost died. <laughs> Maybe uh, you project that blame on on the aunt and you go after her because she, you know, was trying to save somebody but then accidentally, you know, ruined your life. But, uh, yeah, I feel like uh, the motivation might have had plot holes in it. Lydia. So I think at this point in the movie, I kind of lost interest in everything that was happening. And I was just kind of confused and was like I, I don't know what's going on anymore and I don't know maybe I missed a little bit of what was going on but yeah I, I was like just along for the ride after that I was just like okay I'm here but I don't know what's going on <laughs> so yeah I was shocked when I found out it was Toby like it was a good twist I didn't necessarily think of him being the killer so I was like oh that's interesting um, and I love his look. I think the, the design of him looks really cool. The makeup yeah. job they did on him with his, he has like the the wires around him too from his reconstruction and his muscles. He has a burnt face, but not Freddy Krueger burnt. And he's got really cool eyes because they're like messed up from the fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love the guy's performance. Oh yeah. Uh, when he goes, when he's the killer, like he's, really strong and really like manic um so i enjoyed that a lot i thought he did a great job as for the actual motivation in the plot reveal like you said Derek, it's weak i thought it was weak too i was like so wait wait a minute what's going on so he's mad at her because she she lived a normal life and he didn't but wouldn't you just want to kill the aunt and not this little girl who had nothing to do with any of it um, so that's our big reveal. So Mark goes looking for her, and the, the girlfriend says, or the, the you know the girl that he went on the date with says, he she was with Toby, blah 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 blah. And then the the cool uh, the cool guy comes up and is like threatens to fight Mark again, and then uh, Kelly Joe Minter punches him in the face. <laughs> No, he comes up with the smell-o-vision clip on his nose. (laughs) And he was like, hey, you got something to say? And he's like... They all just look at him. Like, they don't even say anything. They're like... (laughs) I'm sure you got something to say. Yeah, they just wait for him to repeat it. (laughs) That was pretty good. She says, uh... She's like, well, you want him, you're gonna come through me. I've never hit chicks. Never? Never. So I needed to hear. And then she punches him and knocks him out. <laughs> and they throw both of them out. And this is bit bothered me. They lock the theater door to keep them out. Which you cannot do when there's actually people in a mm-hmm. facility 
if there's patrons in a in a building, you can't lock. What if there's a fire? It's a terrible idea. Isn't that a fire hazard? It's a hundred percent one. Yeah, big time, big time. So then we get what is the weirdest death in the movie to me. So they they're now watching the stench, which is like a Japanese like monster movie essentially, mm-hmm. and they're about to pump in the actual stench. Um. So the guy's dressed. The one the one student's dressed up like the electro man from the movie. He goes mm-hmm. in to pee, and while he's standing there peeing, he sees a mirror image of himself dressed as electro man. Yeah. And he pees on his on his leg. Toby pees on the. Yeah, Toby pees on the dude's leg And the dude's like just shocked Then he Throws He locks him in a stall Which he can easily crawl above or under Oh, they killed him Well, he does, but not yet He locks him in the stall Where he can crawl up or over Then he throws in some kind of Smoke powder Into the toilet Which apparently knocks him out And then somehow the light explodes. I have no idea what happened in this kill. Derek, can you explain this kill to me? Uh, maybe it was uh, some water bomb. (laughs) I can't. Although, uh, this is a real quick uh, well, after this scene. Go ahead, Lydia. Oh, I have nothing to say about this scene. <laughs> you have nothing. I was confused watching it. I was I was watching it and I was like And it wasn't like I was on my phone and was like Oh, what's going on? I was watching the movie. <laughs> All the scenes up to that. Isn't that happening? I was like Wait, what? What was that powder? Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> it lost me. This exploding light. I don't understand. It lost me at him peeing on his own leg, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Derek, you're going to talk about a scene after this. What was it? Yeah. So this is when, uh, you know, the uh, the fake electro guy goes to uh, the nurse, mm-hmm. the nurse character. And uh, she starts talking to him like, you know, I what about Toby? And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I have a huge crush on him. And, and Do you think he likes and, me? Yeah, and then he freaks out on her. I got my own problems. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it does. context, he's about to kill her. He's about to kill her. Yeah. Uh-huh. He has her back to him, and he pulls out a knife, and he's going up to her. And then she says, uh, oh, I really have a crush on Toby. Do you think he likes me? And he's like... So then he removes his mask. So it just shows his creepy face. He's like, I've got my own problems. He like freaks out about he it. Runs up. Then he goes in and throws a temper tantrum in the room. Maggie, by this well, point, is kidnapped and she's tied up to this thing. Yeah. This is what I, I really liked about this scene. Was, uh, you know, if you think about it from his perspective, like his entire life had to have revolved around like this night and getting his revenge and like you know all this stuff and like uh when she says that to him i would only imagine at that point i would probably be thinking like man i could have lived a life Mm -hmm. i could have been a person 
and not just been somebody else trying to get revenge on these people, I, I would imagine that that would have been his moment of regret. It could have been, except that she never knew the real him because he was putting on a, literally, true. a face the entire time. Nope, and that's totally true. Um, also... That's why he freaked out. Yeah. Also, um, she's tied up to one of the machines, or she's tied up and she has her head in one of those devices to, that he uses to make the faces. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because the plan is he's going to reenact the ending of Possessor. Yep. So he's going to time it up exactly. He's going to come on stage, and at exactly midnight, he's going to kill her while her aunt is watching. And she is actually still alive, cast. She's in a cast, uh, and that has a casted gun. So she's going to be just stuck on stage, helpless to stop him, and has to watch him kill her, basically her daughter at this point. Watch him kill her. So that way he can take back the life that he was taken away from. That's his, that's the thing of it. So at this point, Mark finds out that she's with Toby, so he goes and visits Toby's house to see if they're together. And runs into this weird landlord character. Yes. He's like, oh, I should kick your ass for being a friend of Toby. What do you mean? And he goes and it's the classic serial killer house. He goes in and sees pictures of him on the wall, you know, scissors stabbed into her, pictures of her face, newspaper clippings, the whole classic, the, the whole nine yards. You've seen it before, folks. And um, sees all this. And then um, realizes, oh my God, Toby is the killer. So he rushes back <laughs> and can't get in, so he has to climb the marquee. Mind you, by this point, Toby's already on stage and everything's happening. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how the hell is this guy going to get there in time? This is crazy, you know? Because you know he's going to, but you're like, how is he going to get there? So so the movie, he cuts off the movie. The people are pissed. And he starts talking to the audience, and he's like, do you want me to kill her? And they're like, oh, hooting and hollering, thinking it's part of the show. And he plays to the audience because he's a natural showman. And he's all like, yeah, at the stroke of midnight, this will happen. Blah, blah. Well, Mark appears up in the top balcony and decides his only option, because he has the crowd counting down with him to midnight, his only option is to zip line via his belt down uh, to the stage. And, of course, he fucks that up like he fucks up everything. And wrecks into the, the mosquito, falls into some boxes... And the mosquito malfunctions and comes down and impales Toby, killing him. Guys, what do you think of this ending? Mosquito kill number two. Um, so I, I think the ending uh, missed an opportunity. And obviously this probably would have like blown up their uh, special effects budget. But uh, I feel like you uh, you end where you started. I would have set that guy on fire. <laughs> yeah, probably. the job, I feel like that would have made uh, more sense um, for his character development in a way. It also would have been you didn't kill somebody with the same device twice. Yeah, twice. yeah for sure. That was uh, definitely a disappointing. It's like treading the water. Not like a killer with a knife, killing multiple people with a knife. Because, of course, they're going to kill people with a knife. That's what they are for. 
but you have a big elaborate death trap with the mosquito, you didn't think you're going to see that twice. I mean, yeah. literally the exact same kill. Yeah. Um, so I was disappointed by that. You're right, Derek. They should have caught him on fire. Or they should have just gone bonkers and had the real mad monk appear and stab him. And they just, oh, a crazy possessor took over the whole film. <laughs> I mean, that would have uh, that would have been one way to end it. Possessor! <laughs> <laughs> so, whoever's listening, whoever's listening right now, I'm so sorry if you're wearing headphones. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll lower the volume on that point. Derek, lower the volume on that point. I can do that. <laughs> so, um... So then he saves both of the women. They go off, they, they have they kiss, and then they say the worst ending lines all possible. <laughs> says um she says uh something about a movie and she's like, See, everything's always a movie. Why does everything have to be a movie to me? And he goes, That's fine, babe. Let's make the next one a comedy. And then we do a crane shot up. Uh, to the aftermath, you know, like the piece at the theater. And then we start playing yeah. reggae music. <laughs> yes, again, for the fourth, fourth or fifth time. Fourth or fifth time, and then we're out. And that was popcorn. <laughs> so I will uh, I will say this. Uh, I thought Toby, or the, the actor who played Toby, I thought, especially at the end, I thought he did a great job. I thought he was... Uh, Probably the highlight of the film. Mm, uh, definitely, he portrayed a great, a great character. Um, and I was sad you had told me that uh, he died a couple of years after this film. Yeah, Tom Villard. Uh, he actually had AIDS while filming this movie. Found out he had AIDS and he revealed it to the director while they were making this movie. And then he died in 1994. Yeah, so very, very sad because. I would have liked to have seen him in some other movies. I think he would have done really well. He, was he also was 40. <laughs> when he died. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So he was like 36, 35 when he made this movie. Yeah. He was definitely the highlight of this movie, for sure. Yeah, yeah, very good. I thought he was very good in this movie. Um, what do you guys think of the lead? What do you guys think of her, Maggie? I don't. I'm biased here. I had a childhood crush on this girl. So, I thought she did a fantastic job. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm neutral, like Lydia. And I thought she was kind of okay. Was she wearing a wig? It kind of seems like it, doesn't it? I think that was a wig. I think so. I I think that is her hair. It is very shiny. It is very shiny. Uh, I was, I mean, she definitely... uh, probably could have cast somebody a little bit better um but yeah i should have okay um tony roberts played mr davis uh when her uh boyfriend or not boyfriend but uh her douchebag of a boyfriend is scaling the theater (laughs) yeah yeah we kind of skipped over that that part like really (laughs) oh i mentioned it but yeah spider-man did you i completely missed it i'm so sorry Oh, anyway, that just came back to me. Like, uh, <clears throat> you knew uh, Peter was a man. So Tony Roberts, who, who played Mr. Davis, uh, 
you recognize him from plenty of things, right? I mean, you've oh, yeah. seen him before. One of the things you probably will remember him from is the 3D sequel to uh, the Amityville Horror movies. Mm-hmm. He's the lead in that movie. He plays the doctor. That's investigating the LA. You remember? Nope. Yep. Yep. Um, then he's a good actor, too, but he's, he's very old school. Very old school mm-hmm. actor. Um, so, yeah, guys, popcorn. Uh, let's get our thoughts on it. Uh, let's start with you this week, Lydia. What are your thoughts on popcorn, and what is your pumpkin rating for this thing? Um, what are my thoughts on popcorn? I never thought I would ever watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of it. Didn't know it was a thing. Um, I think it's like it's one of those time capsule movies where I mean it, it must be like almost forgotten by a lot mm. of people and it really shows you a time period um, I wasn't even born yet when this movie came out and it's like it's just that time when it's like right between 80s and 90s it's like the, the mixture of the two yeah. yeah so I don't really know I don't think it was the best movie um, <laughs> I think I don't know I think I'm going to give it a I think I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10 pumpkins? yes alright Mr. LeMaster the person that picked this wonderful film for us this evening what are your thoughts on popcorn and what do you rate this movie well after analyzing the data and plugging it into my spreadsheets <clears throat> I uh, I determined that I'm going to give this a movie a 6.5 and only what? yeah I'm going to give this movie a 6.5 I really liked Toby's performance in this I thought it was really really good I thought that obviously there could have been uh some different choices to make this a better movie um but i uh i'm gonna stand by that i'm gonna say 6.5 wow folks that is one of the highest ratings derek has given is a single movie wow that's not well, that's, pretty <laughs> that's pretty accurate you rated this higher than both puppet masters i mean really <laughs> I am going to have to split the difference between both of you guys. I'm going to give this 5 out of 10 pumpkins. And there's a reason why. I almost gave it 4 out of 10, Lydia. Because I I don't think it's the best. I also almost gave it 6 out of 10, Derek. Because of uh, Toby's performance. But when I was weighing it, and the the whole behind-the-scenes struggle and everything about it, the thing that kept it for me, that made me give it a 5, that split the difference is... I just love those damn B-movies in it so much. I just think they're so fun. I love the atmosphere of the actual movie. love the atmosphere of going to a midnight madness movie marathon. And uh, I just think that's a fun uh, setup. And there's a couple of pretty creative kills. There's also one that's nonsensical, and I have no idea what the fuck happens. But (laughs) other than that, uh, yeah, I think it's... It's definitely not the worst movie we've watched, but it's also not the best. Um, I don't know. I think it's more entertaining 
than uh, than the first Puppet Master. I think it's more interesting. I think it's more entertaining than it is scary. Absolutely, agreed. Hundred mm-hmm. percent agreed. Yeah, I think it's at least, but it, but it did keep my interest through most of it. I wasn't like checking my phone and my watch and wondering uh, how I was going to survive this this motion picture. So. That's popcorn, folks. It's a it's an interesting one, one that uh, you'll have to check and see. So last week we did Puppet Master, right? Puppet Master Two. Yes. We forgot to agonize Puppet Master Two last week. So we're going to make up for it today. Actually, yeah, yeah. So which, if you put on your last week cap. And remember Puppet Master 2, who would Tom Atkins be in Puppet Master 2? I already know who it's going to be, for me, personally. Who? For me, it is going to be Michael. I was going to say Michael. You can say Michael, too. (laughs) Who are you going to say, Derek? I'm going to say the uh, doll version of... uh... Oh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Of, uh, of yeah. <laughs> that would be fucking creepy. That would we be so have a, scary. Have a doll Tom Atkins face. <laughs> no, I would no. say Michael no, no, no. because he gets the girl after he just meets her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's you know running around with naked. It would just be the best. Uh, so yeah. Now guys. We have to agonize this movie. <laughs> and I already know who I'm picking on this one, too. Who? Mr. Davis. I was going to say Mr. Davis. You and I are just always on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the older guy that's like having an affair with the student. Like, it well, just makes well, sense. Of course, it's perfect Tom Atkins. <laughs> There's no one else he could play. Derek, who would you pick? Uh, I think Mr. M play a good Mr. M. I yeah, but Mr. M is so... I would, yeah, I like Mr. Davis as a pick, because you're right. He's like, you know, getting the chicks. Yeah, I getting roll. the chicks, being cool, uh, gets to get killed by a mosquito. <laughs> Put that on your resume. Yes. Yeah. Mosquito. <laughs> so, guys, it's my turn to pick this week, Yes. Yes. Yes, wait, yes. wait, 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 wait. Before we get to that, I do have some, uh, I do have some plausible options for the toilet explosion. Okay. Were you thinking about this the whole time, or did you look I, it up? No, I was thinking about this, because, uh, I remember mm-hmm. in, uh, I forgot what, I forget what class I was in, in high school. Not, was it high school? No, it was college. It was <clears throat> college. And one of my professors was talking about, uh, some, like, lab techs that he worked with one time that took out, uh, I forget what rare metal it was, but like they <laughs> they rode their boat out into this middle of this pond and they had this like rare element and they like threw it in the water and the explosion was so massive that uh, the only thing they found was a piece of ore. But anyway, uh, lithium or uh, pure sodium or potassium, these things can be explosive when combined with just water. So Okay, so <clears throat> I would agree with that, but that's not what happens in the movie. You don't know. Yes, I do. I watched it with my eyes. (laughs) 
smoke fills the toilet like the gas yeah, and then the, the light explodes the above it that were to it would release gas first and then would explode lights above it yeah, yeah. I'm guessing <laughs> Hey, I just said that that's the that's a plausible explanation. Mm, okay, okay. I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying. I'm saying that they didn't know what was going on at all. So I'm going to go with. They're like, how do we kill this guy? I don't know. We're kind of out of budget, but I have a bunch more of this fog shit. Throw him yeah. in the toilet. <laughs> that is most likely what happened. Uh, all right, guys. So my pick for next week is going to be. 1982's George Romero's classic Creep Show. Creep Show. Creep Show. All right. Let's see how it is. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Now we're getting into some good stuff. <laughs> so uh, that'll be next week's episode. Uh, it's available on Shutter, I do believe, for our listeners. So watch it on Shutter. Uh, I have the Shout Factory Blu-ray, so that's what I'm going to be watching it on. Um, any last words, guys? Like, I'm, this makes it sound like I'm going to kill you guys, but any last <laughs> words before we go? Any final thoughts about popcorn? Let us know in the comments what you think happened in that toilet bathroom stall with the fog, with the smoke and the light. Yeah, what's your theory? Yes, we'll... We'll look at your comments, and then next week, during the Creep Show episode, we will answer them. So, we'll be sure to... Uh, we'll tear them all down, down because they're all wrong. Yes, there's no explanation! <laughs> I do have some last thoughts about this movie. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun watching it, uh, so That's if you I... can find it, I would highly recommend you give it a watch. It is fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think it's an interesting watch. You're not going to find many movies like this, that's for sure. I 100% think that. Um, be sure to like and subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. Like and subscribe to Highlight Productions. Like and subscribe to us on Screen Bloody Movies on Instagram. So if there's nothing else, guys, uh, for Lydia, Judy, Derek Lamaster, I'm Jamie Hiles. And remember, if you're going to scream... Scream, Scream bloody, bloody movies. movies. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Possessor! <laughs> it ends. <laughs>